Tom Torrance was an army chaplain in World War II. He tells a very moving story of coming across a private aged 19 who was bleeding out for, from his wounds. With uh, some of the last words that he ever said, he looked up to the chaplain, Tom, and he said, Is God really like Jesus Christ? When he was about to meet his maker, the one question he really wanted to know was, Is God really like Jesus because if God is like Jesus, then ultimately it's going to be okay. I can trust this kind of God. Tom Torrance says it was his great joy to be able to open up the scriptures with this dying private. And with verses like this from John chapter 1, he was able to say, Yes, son, God is exactly like Jesus. God is entirely and utterly the God of Jesus. There is no other God except the God of Jesus. And he used verses like John chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Before there was anything else, God was there with His Word, and His Word is His divine communication. It's exactly what He is like. Well, what is He like? Well, John chapter 1 verse 14, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the only begotten Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word who has eternally explained God. You know who this Word is? This Word is Jesus. Or perhaps it's better to say that Jesus is this Word. Jesus did not begin His existence in Mary's womb. As He stood before the Jews of the first century, He declared to them, Look, before Abraham was, I am. John 8 verse 56. He has always existed along with His Father and the Holy Spirit. He has always been God's Word, God's explanation, God's communication. So to know what God is like in every age, we must look to the Son of God, to Jesus. Everything we hear Jesus saying and everything we see Jesus doing is revealing to us the true and eternal nature of God. Is God like Jesus? Yes. God has always been like Jesus. There is no other God but the Jesus God. Such that as we see Jesus drawing near and stooping and loving and healing and touching and teaching and suffering and bleeding and dying for us, Jesus is showing us God. Lord Byron, the poet, said, If God is not like Jesus, He ought to be. I love that phrase. The good news is that God is exactly like Jesus. I, I like to put it this way. Jesus is God-sized and God is Jesus-shaped. Let's think about those two sayings. Firstly, Jesus is entirely God-sized. He is the eternal Word of God. There in the beginning, the craftsman of all creation. You cannot think too highly of Jesus. And God is entirely Jesus-shaped. In the words of one archbishop, God is Christ-like, and in Him there is no unchristlikeness at all. Any God we imagine who is not like Jesus is not God. This is what it means to say that Jesus is the Word of God. He is the explanation of God. Well, what does it mean in John, 14, John chapter 1 verse 14 to say that He was made flesh? He became flesh. If someone has just been particularly callous, uh, we might say to them, where's your humanity? And when we do so, we're trying to tap into their sympathy. We want to stir up love for their fellow man. Here, humanity is synonymous with compassion. A person without humanity is a person without a heart. So let's ask the question, does God have sympathy for humankind? Does He love us? Does He have a heart? 
Yes, because incredibly, he has humanity. The word became flesh. The eternal son of God became man. A member of the Trinity became a member of the human race. And our verse really wants to drive that home. So it uses a word that's shockingly base, flesh. In Latin, it's uh, translated as the word carnus. It's the source for the word incarnation. Jesus was incarnate among us. Uh, less impressively, the word carnus is also the origin of the term chili con carne, aka chili with meat. And that is the sense of flesh here. The word became meat. You know, ask a biologist to describe humanity and they might use the phrase homo sapien. Ask a philosopher to describe humanity and they might say that we are rational animals. Ask a butcher to describe humanity and they might, they might say carnus, flesh, meat. When Jesus came, it was not in a dreamy visitation. He didn't float six inches off the ground or don a halo. He didn't descend like a deep sea diver wearing a man suit. The word did not put on flesh, enter flesh, borrow flesh, hide behind flesh, get diluted in flesh. The word became flesh. For all time, God has humanity. And his name is Jesus. If a king remains on a throne and never climbs down, that's one kind of greatness, I suppose. But there's another kind too. There's the greatness of the king who climbs down, who humbles himself and condescends to join his people. And what about a king who descends even further, becoming a slave, serving his people in poverty, suffering, fighting, bleeding and dying for them? That's another kind of greatness entirely. Think of an adult who speaks to a toddler while towering over them. And now picture one who stoops down to their level. Or imagine a homeless man, drunk and lying in the gutter. One helper gives advice from on high. Another lies down in the gutter, speaking face to face. This is the gutter level glory of the Word made flesh. He became what we are so that we might become what He is. He came into our situation to invite us into His situation. He entered our family, the human race, so that we can enter His family, the Trinity. He, the Son of God, became flesh so that we who are flesh might become sons and daughters of God.